Good morning, everyone. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening in. I am Jason DeMars, and we're continuing on our topic um, on marriage, oneness in marriage. And just want to remind everyone, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know. You can do so at jasondemars.com. If you're listening in to our podcast, make sure to follow us on that so you get our notifications and updates when we upload a new session. If you're listening in on YouTube, please subscribe and click the little bell so you get the notifications. And if you're listening on Facebook, please like our page and make sure you're getting our notifications first so that you see when we go live. We sure appreciate you listening in. And again, you can go on our website and you can get some of our books that I've written for free. And shipping is free as well if you want to support our ministry. Um, We're sending these books all over the world, sending them to Pakistan, India, uh, the Middle East, Africa, South America, getting them translated into Spanish, Farsi, uh, Arabic, Urdu, different different languages around the world. So appreciate your support in helping us get that done. Um, translators need to get paid. Uh, books need to get printed. And so we really appreciate your involvement with that. We are going to speak uh, today about God's purpose for oneness. I guess this is mar- the marriage and family uh, part Five, so God's purpose for oneness. God wants to lead a couple towards true and genuine oneness. So first question is, why marriage? Why do you want to get married? What's, your mo- what's the motivation in your heart? Brother Branham tells us that if our motive and objective is wrong, then the results are going to be wrong. What is your motivation? We need to use the Bible as our guide for experiencing oneness. Marriage is God's idea. God designed a marriage to be a lifetime commitment and covenant between one man and one woman. God designed marriage as the first social institution in life. God designed marriage to be an inter-system, the first system of interdependent relationships. In other words, we're each dependent on one another. Husband and wife, husband is dependent on wife, wife is dependent on husband. We work together in synchronization to achieve God's purpose. God designed the marriage as the priority relationship of the family. The marriage needs to come first even before the kids. Absolutely has to come first. And for the kids to be most most healthy, the marriage needs to be healthy as well. God's design for oneness in marriage is at the heart of God's purpose for mankind. Oneness can be defined as being in joyful agreement with God's will and purposes. Oneness is supposed to be experienced on two levels. 
first vertically with God and then horizontally with each other. Best thing you can do for your marriage is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You know, the scripture says, second commandment is to, so the greatest commandment and the second commandment. Greatest commandment is what we just said, love the Lord your God. Second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Do you have a closer neighbor than your spouse? No. (laughs) You're supposed to love them as you love yourself. No exception in that relationship. In Genesis 1.27, it says God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female. He created them. God made Adam and Eve to reflect his image on the earth. God made two distinctly different humans, male and female, so that together they would reflect the image of God. Their oneness reflects the character and unity of God. Their oneness is a living picture of the intimate relationship between Jesus Christ and his bride. Christ and the bride together are the image of God. He is the head. The church is the body. Together is a reflection of the fullness of God. A husband and a wife together reflect the image of God. Couples who mirror God's image experience oneness with their creator. Purpose number two, to mutually complete one another, to experience companionship. Companionship replaces isolation. To mutually complete one another means to to create something together that doesn't exist apart. Self-centered individuality destroys oneness and companionship. Companionship in marriage is God's provision to meet our deep longing for close and intimate relationships. Couples who mutually complete one another experience oneness with each other. Mutual completion, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Purpose number three, multiply a godly legacy. God blessed them and God said unto them, multiply and replenish the earth. God created men and women as his ambassadors who would glorify him on earth. And marriage provides the divine context for having children. Children are to come forth from a husband and a wife. Oneness in marriage is necessary in order to multiply a godly legacy. Men and women are not made emotionally, spiritually, or physically to raise children by themselves. They're both made differently in order to both complete parts in a child that are necessary for their growth. Child raising requires mutual effort. Two people together working together to raise a child. To appreciate their sexual identity, children must see a harmonious marriage modeled by their mom and dad, a man 
and a woman. The, whole, the roles of husband and wife are best understood by children as their parents model a harmonious marriage in the home. That doesn't mean a conflict-free marriage. A harmonious marriage means when there's conflict, it's worked out. And it's good. People say, don't ever argue in front of the kids. Okay, if that's your viewpoint, fine. But the fact is, it's good for them to know and understand that there's difficulties between mom and dad, and they work it out, and they stay together. That's a blessing that helps them. The roles of husband and are the best hope for children to understand unconditional love comes as a parent as parents demonstrate that kind of love in the home towards each other and towards them. Couples who multiply a godly le- legacy experience oneness with their children. God's purpose for marriage, marriage are challenged by an opposing force. From the beginning, Scripture teaches us that Satan has challenged God and his purpose for marriage. Satan's opposition is focused on independence from God. And the basis for his opposition is pride. I will do it myself. And earth became the battlefield for the spiritual war. God created man, placed them in the con- right in the middle of this context of this spiritual battle that was already taking place. Then the, there was the temptation and the fall that was directly related to, as those of you might disagree with us, but the original sin was not eating apples. It was a temptation to sex outside of the marriage covenant. Mankind... Eve and Adam chose willful independence from God. And there has been three consequences that have been suffered from that. The image of God in man has been defaced. Marital companionship has been threatened by shame, guilt, fear, blame shifting, the battle for control. And a godly legacy has been replaced by a godless legacy. But Satan's power is threatened by couples who are becoming one. Therefore, Satan concentrates his attack on couples who are becoming one. That's his major place of attack. Marriage is more important than you may have thought. It's not just something where we, uh, we come together and have a fun time together and produce children and just uh, enjoy it, joy one another. No, it's a spiritual battleground and it's the very place Satan is attacking and we have to be on guard and have to fight against the enemy. Use God's wisdom, God's spirit, God's power and God's tools to fight. Marriage reflects God's image on planet earth. Marriage is designed for a husband and wife to mutually complete each other. Marriage is designed to multiply a godly legacy. Satan hates that. He's against it. He's struggling to fight against it on a daily basis. Your marriage is taking place in this spiritual battlefield, not on a romantic balcony overlooking the sunset. Sure, we have those from time to time. But the reality of the majority of your life You're in a spiritual battlefield daily. But God's purposes reveal 
that your spouse is not your enemy. Satan is your enemy. So start thinking along those lines. No, don't think that your wife is a tool of Satan or your husband is a tool of Satan. Think like this. Satan is against us. He's against our marriage. And he'll use whatever means in our flesh to come against that. So don't come against the one that you're joined to. Come against that spirit. Pray against that spirit. Pray against that evil. Fight against that using God's weapons. God's weapons are not sarcasm. God's weapons aren't nagging. God's weapons aren't berating. God's weapons are prayer, unconditional love, and the Word of God. And it's not using the Word of God as a club. It's using the Word of God to encourage, uplift, and gently correct. God's Word demands a response right now. Will you commit to fulfilling His purpose in marriage? You might be struggling, you might be going through a terrible time in marriage, and I'm sorry for that. I really am. But you need to recognize the real enemy, and you need to start fighting that enemy the way God fights the enemy. God doesn't nag. God doesn't berate. God God isn't sarcastic. God isn't uh, full of anger and bitterness. Look within yourself. Look at yourself and your standing with God. Is your heart right? Start there. And then start to fight with God's tools, prayer, unconditional love, and scripture. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know at jasondemars.com. And again, share this video. Like this video. Like, go and like our Jason Demars page. And subscribe on YouTube. May the Lord richly bless you.